0: I'm just going to constantly pretend like I don't understand the questions Like, uh, can you explain that further, Eric?
1: Welcome to the T-Dub Stories podcast for the week of Wednesday, September 17, 2014 Each week we bring you an array of interdisciplinary arts, stories, and ideas Surrounding a specific theme from Trinity Western students and alumni I should mention that the views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the administration or the alumni association, but we really hope they like it. Today's themes transition on the show. Wisdom from Danny Grant, and Amy Dower's transition to Big City Life, and a beautiful song by Sarah Ray. Stay tuned. So our first story of the T-Dub Stories podcast comes to us from Trinity alum Amy Dower. Transitioning to the big city, it's called Amy of the Suburbs. Let's see what she has to say.
2: I grew up moving around a lot as a kid, so I didn't think that this post-grad move to Vancouver would actually be much different. I've lived in California, Texas, the Netherlands, BC, and a bunch of different places, but I realized that... Of all the places I've been to, I've never actually lived in a city, so this is my first time actually living in a city, not the suburbs, of anywhere, um, and it's been pretty different. Uh, I carry around this little black notebook that I write in on the bus, which is an adjustment. I have to take a bus everywhere I go. It takes about an hour longer than it would driving, So. I have plenty of time to just sit and write, watch, and experience Vancouver. So I thought I'd read to you just a couple bus journal entries from my first two weeks here, uh, just as like a little window into my transition. I see a lot of old men in cargo pants carrying around walking staffs on the bus. They always have feathers tied on or words carved into them, and I always wonder, do walking sticks really make traveling easier? A crazy guy just got on the bus. He's calling us all cowards and screaming a lot. Oh, now he's ran off. The two men near me say he's here a lot, but he's all talk. Note to self, never work as a bus driver. I wonder if it's normal to get mad at kids who really get buses. Like, this is so damn confusing, why can they get it? I don't get it. I don't want to become a mom, but I really need to start carrying around hand sanitizer. I wonder how many germs a bus carries? Do they shut it down when severe viruses go around? Probably not. Women in the 80s must have all had notebooks like this. It's the perfect excuse for when your phone is dead and you can't suddenly become intensely interested with your texting when the crazies get on the bus. So, uh, sometimes I just write down conversations that I'm overhearing. So here's one of them. Is that beard guy? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she was like so smooth about it. Was she really? She's like really pretty. Is she? Like, is she famous for it? I think normal humans need to take acting classes. They need to learn to project.
3: It makes it difficult to overhear you
2: okay so this weird older asian looking woman got on the bus and sat in the very front seat i'm the only one on the bus except for her before she even sat down she immediately pushed the stop button great i think you couldn't just walk there she takes two steps towards the door and then sits back down again pushes the stop button She does this five more times until the bus driver finally goes, Where are you going? What street- what street are you trying to get to- where are you going? She just looks at him with like these giant eyes and keeps shaking her head no. She doesn't say a word. Just no. No. So finally she found her stop and she ran towards the door before the bus had even stopped or opened the door. The bus driver guy was trying to get her to stand back so he could actually open the door, but she just kept banging on it like a crazy white guy won't let her off the bus. Eventually he just opened the door and she took off like he was actually trying to keep her there. Seriously, never be a bus driver. So, East Hastings at 8pm. Yep, I'm comfortably freaked out. Everyone here is tripping on something. It's a lot of... Asian things. Lots of homeless people, drugs, crazies. All mild though, no one has a gun, so that's good. Go Canada. I'm waiting at a bus stop. My friends would not be glad about this. But a nice older Asian dad type looking guy just sat next to me. He bought a paper, so from this I can infer two safe things. One, he has money for a paper. Two, he reads the paper. These things tells me he, that he is not crazy and will probably be a nice human being. If I'm approached by danger, he might even come to my aid. I'm such a suburbian. The next street over has one of those Chinese arch-architect fancy things over it, and everything from that on is in Chinese. Thus, I must be in Chinatown. There are literally teenagers practicing karate in the third story of the building across from me. Holy cow, cute white girls here too, talking to Asian dad about the bus times. I bet I'm totally safe. Yesterday night I spoke to two hookers on my street. They were actually really, really nice, and they were really sweet when I told them the bus was coming. I figure if there's nice hookers on my street every once in a while, just waiting for buses, then I probably live in a really safe area. sitting on the bus, this lady calls her kid. Arrow, don't do that. Come back here, please. Arrow. She named him Arrow. They named him Arrow. Another human being had to agree on this decision. And they went on to name their inheritance Arrow. First, I thought it was some sort of anti-gay rights activism, you know? Straight as an Arrow, but... Then who would give their child a name he will own and answer to for the rest of his life, only in hopes that he won't grow up to like men? Well... Maybe those are the same kind of people who name their children Arrow. I decided though that the world is less dramatic outside my head and that instead it's probably just some sort of new-age hipster bullshit. arrow They probably named him after his tattoo. I believe people are looking for human interaction. Even on the bus, in a big city where multiculturalism is normal to the point of being ignored, but I think people jump at the chance of interaction. Kindness or a conversation, even if without any words. I wonder if sitting on a crowded but not uncomfortable bus with dozens of strangers from various ages and ethnicities gives people an odd sense of community, even subtly. I wonder if city-born bus takers still go home to their families and retell the interactions they have on the bus. I wonder what would happen if I struck up a conversation on a bus. But for the love of God, even if I have no money, never let me be a bus driver.
1: That was Amy of the Suburbs by Amy Dower. Thanks, Amy. So I was thinking about this this week's episode and the topic of transition and the different ways that that could be interpreted and used, and I decided to talk to a good friend of mine. Um, he's also the favorite part of the t Hub podcast that I did a couple years ago.
0: Give a so I figured
1: I'd ask him if he had any ideas or did thoughts really about change. Okay. Here's the kind of stuff we talked about. So,
0: <laughs> what, so <laughs> what's, this, what's this about? What's this, this segment about? This
1: episode is about change. About transition, mm-hmm. mainly. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts about transition. And um, I don't know
0: you mean like change for like a trinity student who's coming onto campus and they're potentially you know leaving a a job where they get money and now they're paying a lot of money they're going to be in debt
1: mm-hmm. yep absolutely change from high school to a uh, university or uh change from like there's a lot of grads that listen to this show there's oh a lot grants. of people listen to this show uh, and 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 one, some of them being grads, recent grads. So then there's the transition to the big city too. So we're working with a lot of stuff here.
0: So, it, but it's scary. Change is scary. Yeah. But uh, change is also like very common in the Bible, like extreme changes for for, for whatever reason. And and if there's a story of change. In the Bible, it's definitely the story of Israel who keep getting stuck in the cycle of apostasy until God says, "You know what you have to change and puts them straight into exile. you know what's apostasy? Oh apostasy is um just the cycle of um when they turn away from god and uh, and then god uh sends like kind of like a powerful nation against them, and uh, they end up under oppression from that nation and then God sends they pray they crowd to God and God sends them re- redemption through like a judge or king or or something a prophet and then they're saved again and then over time they turn back away from God and that cycle continues and continues and i think we find that a lot in our christian lives that the more we get into doing the same things and avoiding change god is going to keep sending bigger and bigger things to hit us because mm-hmm when you're talking about <laughs> saving people's souls, like Christianity, there's there's nothing that God won't send at you to get you to change your life back to him because he's in term he's worried about your soul. He's he's here to save you, so whatever happens to you on this earth, like it's basically he can he can throw anything at you. It's the enemy that wants to keep us doing the same things. To keep us afraid of change. Um I heard this well, this great I read this quote from uh, Screwtape Letters, uh, C S Lewis. And it just it hit me really hard because it was right on the head. Can you explain a little bit about what like the, the context of the screw tape letters is? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Screw tape is um, basically the uncle of this demon who is trying to basically stop this one guy from becoming a Christian like each demon is kind of assigned to a different person and their job is to keep them away from heaven and Screwtape is this demon's uncle Screwtape's also a demon and he's kind of sending him advice so he says um, indeed the safest road to hell is not is the gradual one the gentle slope, soft underfoot without sudden turnings, without milestones without signposts so just the idea that you don't <laughs> You don't have anything that challenges what you're doing. You don't have anything that changes what you're doing. And you don't know where you're going. There's no signposts. There's no milestones. You don't know where you're at. You don't know where you are in relation to God, either close to or away. And that's kind of what Screwtape's um, suggestion is, is to keep them in that muddled mind, to not really think about what is true and what is false, like whether change is good or not. It's just kind of, Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Let's keep, you know, stuck in the mud.
1: Mm. So, as a counter to that, then, um, what do you see? What do you see the positives of change are then? How can God use change in a, a person's life?
0: Uh, I think, like, change is essential for Christianity. Even the smallest changes, I think. Like, even the most devout Christian is going to be experiencing these small changes. And as you get closer and closer to being in tune with God, you're, you're kind of writing your course um, smaller changes in order to go straight. You know, At the start, you're veering way left or you're veering way right, and you get brought back in by big changes in your life. And as you get closer and closer, you're just making those small ones. But we aren't perfect, right? We're fallen beings. We're not going to be able to figure it out perfect. We just have to know. We get a sense of when we know we're a bit further away. And we do that little turn back. And we, um, we encourage each other through it, because we all go through those little changes, some bigger changes, and that's why testimonies are so like beautiful, because you get to hear the big changes at the start, and you get to hear the slower and slower, smaller changes as, as somebody really comes to know God. That's not to say that uh, the better Christian you are, the smaller changes you'll face. I think that the closer you are to God, those big changes just seem smaller. And uh, when you're just starting out, those changes you face seem huge. And uh, as you grow closer to God, He takes a lot of that load. You start to trust Him more and more. Change really brings about your your trust in God, which in turn brings humility, which in turn battles your own human pride.
1: What's one... Um piece of advice you'd give to someone who is experiencing a big change
0: right now well i I think um it's just like god's really thinking about you because he's putting that change in your life you know and he's been planning this he's been waiting for this and he's like you know this person is ready for this change so it's not something that brings you down it's a confidence it's like wow god thinks i'm ready for this like what's next right that's
1: awesome (laughs) that is so awesome thanks danny
3: together i I can sing my songs through the winter long, but they still won't breathe the sun. Oh.
1: That was the song Paper Windmills by Trinity Western's very own Sarah Ray. Sarah recorded it as part of the Portrait Student Album last semester. You can find more of her work at her Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sarah Ray Williams. On the podcast today, you heard the voices of my dear friends, Amy Dower and Danny Grant. You can hear more of Amy's stories on her blog, amyjustshutup.tumblr.com. You can hear more from Danny by finding him on campus and talking to him. He's a very wise man. This amazing intro and outro music was provided by Josh Dower. You can find more of his work at soundcloud.com slash If you like what you hear, please subscribe on iTunes, tell your friends, and be sure to contact me, Eric DeLang, at eric.deLang at mytwu.ca. If you have any songs, poems, stories, or comments you want to share with the program, we'd love to have you.